0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's
1: hope at the bottom of the biggest waterfall patrick ness
2: then there's uh, you know a time where uh, i took my friend uh to some uh, off-trail waterfalls and stuff and she she tapped out after the third waterfall and there's four on this creek that we we're going to and i really wanted to see the last one and uh, after a big hill that we climbed up. I could see it off in a distance and, and stuff and she wasn't feeling it anymore. So she sat down and I continued on, you know, it was a, another half a mile or so and uh, I was scooting along the side of this hill and uh, I stepped over a, a big log and the log gave way and started rolling up on my leg and I slid down with the log about 10 feet. Luckily, I was able to keep shuffling my feet so my foot didn't get stuck, or else that log probably would have snapped my leg.
1: I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Muir Pod.
0: Welcome to the
1: John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome
3: back to another week on the trail, dirtbags and hiker trash. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaky Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. This week, we are heading up to the Pacific Northwest. Joining us is outdoor adventurer Jeremy Walker. Welcome to the John Freaking Muir pod Jeremy. How's it going?
2: That's going? Good yourself? Out, out,
3: outstanding. Thank you. <laughs> so you're up in the Pacific Northwest and uh, you're an outdoor adventurer and all your time on the trails. Have you come by a trail name? A trail name? A trail name.
2: No, I just jaywalk adventures is my Instagram handle and all my social media stuff. And that's, that's all it is. I, I don't want to. Trail name it. <laughs>
3: okay. No. So in, in, in American long trails, I mean, there's a tradition of through hikers picking up trail names based on some personality quirk, maybe where they're from, maybe something that happened to them on the trail. So that, that you haven't picked up a trail name along the way.
2: No, I haven't, I haven't really gotten into like the whole long trail stuff and whatnot. Most of my adventures are are like, uh, probably like 15 miles or less or something. You know, I, I chase a lot of the off trail waterfalls kind of rebellious stuff you know i go off the trail and kind of plays into my jaywalk name as well so that's where that comes from too (laughs)
3: got it all right hey have you had a chance to listen to the podcast
2: i haven't listened to it yet i have uh Pretty busy schedule where I don't get a lot of phone time until later in the day. And then kids and stuff usually are bothering me. that's why I'm out in the truck right now to have some quiet time.
3: (laughs) That's right. Yeah. If if you're listening to this on Apple podcast, you're missing the part where he's actually inside his truck right now, uh, finding some peace and quiet to do the interview. (laughs) Yep. Pretty much. All right. Hey, I only asked you if you listen to the podcast, I want to make sure that you're aware that at the end of the episode, we've got a segment called the pro tip inside of the week. And that's where I will turn to you and ask you to share some some outdoor adventure wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. So don't be surprised. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Okay, and feel free to drop trail trail wisdom throughout the episode. I mean, you're not just limited to to one. You can you can you can spout off the whole time.
2: <laughs> All right, I'll I'll probably just start talking, and you know, it's kind of a stage fight thing at the moment. But once I get loose, you know, I'll, I I chat a lot. <laughs>
3: Absolutely, that's that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna chat. All right. The must bring gear review. Hey, another feature we've been doing this season is the must bring gear review sponsored by the ultralight backpacking gear company, Six Moon Designs. And here's how it works. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So, Jeremy, what's your must bring piece of gear out there in the Pacific Northwest?
2: Man, it's... That that's a good one. Uh, I I think it varies on, on on the area that I'm in. If I'm in bear country, you know, I definitely want the the bear spray. Uh, work with a uh, counter Assault bear spray. They sent me a couple canisters and stuff. You know, did a post for them about that, and that stuff is pretty nice. I haven't had to use it yet, thank goodness. But just that extra peace of mind is nice. And then um, I think uh, another one would be uh, a a good first aid kit. Um, especially if it's a through a hike and stuff, you know, uh, adventure medical kits, they, they make a, f- a few good, uh, medical kits, you know, for like, uh, two people to last for two days or they have various number of people that last various days, but they gave me a, a trauma kit pack. You know, if, uh, something happened where I was like camping or something and I hit my arm with like a saw or something and started squirting blood, you know, they have a, a trauma pack to stop the bleeding and whatnot to make your survival uh, a lot more, uh, higher that one's pretty nice just like the peace of mind and stuff uh water purifiers you know those are always a plus Mm -hmm. adventure medical kit has a a new uh rapid pure stainless steel water bottle that um has an inline uh purifier so you just scoop it up out of the creek and screw on the cap and it's just a water bottle but it's filtered and stuff Uh, that's pretty nice to have i'll be doing a um a review and stuff on my instagram here in a couple weeks about that product they just sent it to me
3: Okay. And in terms of, in terms of the bear spray, what kinds of bears are, are people likely to find up in the Pacific Northwest?
2: Um, a lot pretty of black, black bears.
1: bears.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Around uh, Oregon, you know, there's a lot of black bears. I've, I've, uh only came across the cub one time and I was driving while I was going fishing down the highway, uh, a little cub darted out in front of me and stuff. But other than that, I've been pretty, pretty fortunate to, to avoid those. Um, there's a lot of cougars, a lot of cougars too. Um, so that bear spray, you know, comes in play for that too, not just for bears. More likely, I, I think to come across a cougar than a bear.
3: And which which are you more worried about?
2: Hmm, probably a cougar. Uh, those are more stealthy. They they uh, ambush predators. You know, bears are more uh, aggressive and like to be vocal. But cougars, you know, they're they're stealthy and they're they're definitely uh, very sneaky. They they come up behind you and you wouldn't even know it they'd come up in the trees and all that stuff, you know, and there's been, been uh, a big influx and a cougar attacks around here. Uh, some of those viral videos that you've been seeing lately are, are uh, up in like the northern part of Oregon and, and Washington and central Oregon definitely has a, a lot of them too, but they're more uh crowd out in the woods more than you would up in the other parts of the Oregon.
3: And if a hiker is encounters a, a mountain lion, what, uh, what steps should that person take?
2: Stay calm. Um, don't run, <laughs> do not run, do not make fast movements, you know, uh, keep eye contact and keep, keep, uh, don't turn your back. I believe that's where a lot of people, uh, hit that panic or flight risk. You know, they, they just take off running cause they're so scared, but, uh, best thing to do is stay calm and keep eye contact and try to make yourself look as big as possible. Make a lot of noise and get that bear spray ready. <laughs>
3: Yeah, because I think it's instinctual. If you if you turn your back or if you run, that triggers the the uh, aggression in the mountain lion. Correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. It definitely does. Uh, sometimes they just uh, will attack, uh, not even being provoked. You know, there was a, a little girl I, I believe was uh, nine years old just got attacked uh, by a cougar up in Washington, uh, just camping in her tent with her family at a campground, and uh, luckily she survived. But I mean, she got some damage done. That's for sure.
3: And, and you also mentioned first aid kits. Um, and, and in addition to the trauma pack and where you can stop the bleeding, I assume that trauma pack has uh, some anti-coagulants in it to help stop the bleeding. What else do you look for in a good trauma kit or a good first aid kit?
2: Um, blister, blister uh, packets, you know, for like your feet and hands and stuff. Uh, lots of band-aids, lots of, uh, you know, ibuprofen, Advil, you, Tie and all stuff like that for pain reliever stuff um tweezers is a good one to have latex gloves in case you know you come across a scene where someone needs it you know you got the latex gloves so you don't get blood or body fluids on you and stuff like that scissors uh ace bandage wraps uh tourniquets um that trauma pack has has a lot of stuff in there i, I can't quite remember what all is in there it's been a while mm-hmm. since i've been it but it's always good to be familiar with your first aid kit know where things are so you can instinctually like just go to it instead of digging around and making a big mess and wasting time when it needs to be.
3: Absolutely. Do you also take a knife or a multi-tool out there with you?
2: I do actually have a a multi-tool. It's a a cutting edge and a knife. It's uh, made by Survive Outdoors Longer. It has um, a flint with it as well. I carry that one on me at times, you know, if I, if I'm going for a longer hike, you know, where I, I, I'm gonna be kind of close on time and stuff, you know, and I, I might have to stay an eye out there. I want to be, at least have something to be prepared for. Um, and you also, I carry uh, my 45 with me too. Oh, really? Last resort, you know, and
1: mm-hmm.
2: I, sometimes it might not even be necessary for like uh, predators or something. You know, you just never know who you come across or what they're gonna to try to do out there. You know, it's hear too many horror stories to not be prepared for every situation.
3: Okay. All right. Hey, we're going to move into our next segment. It's the hiking pole. The hiking pole. That's not P-O-L-E, like the kind you carry in your hand. This is P-O-L-L. This is a seven question survey that's going to help me determine your level of sanity. Are you ready for this,
2: Jeremy? I think so. We'll see.
3: Okay. Now these questions, I've changed this up a little bit over time. These questions have nothing to do with hiking or the outdoors. These are just some of the big issues that we wrestle with uh, in today's society. Right. Am I making you nervous? A little bit. A little bit. Good. Okay. All right. <laughs> so <clears throat> each time you answer, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, a, either a full, full credit, partial credit, or no credit. And at the <laughs> end, you're going to get a score from one to 100. With 100 being completely sane, nobody's gotten that yet. Or one completely crazy. <laughs> And there is no rhyme or reason. Uh, It's just my subjective interpretation of what I think the answer should be.
2: All right. Sounds fair.
3: Okay. Very fair. That's right. (laughs) All right. First question. Cups in the cupboard, right side up or upside down? These are the big important issues, Jeremy. These These are huge.
2: No, that's like like if the toilet paper is in the front or the back. Um,
3: oh, yeah. that, that was, I've used that question before. I'm changing <laughs> things up for our listeners out there. Oh.
2: If you have it face down, it's just in a dusty cupboard. So I'm going to say face up to where it's a little more clean than if it was face down. So the rim of
3: the glass is up is oh, what you're saying.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: So the dust can collect inside the inside the glass.
2: Yeah, you always rinse it out before you use it anyway, don't you?
3: Oh, I don't. Maybe that should be a question. Maybe that should be a question. Rinse your glasses out before you use them or not?
2: Like putting toothpaste on before or after you rinse your toothbrush. You are just
3: (laughs) chock full of, of life's big issues. That's right. All right. So you say right side up for the cups.
0: Yeah.
3: Okay. Duly noted. Second question What is your most useful skill in case? of a zombie apocalypse?
2: <clears throat> probably my knowledge of the areas where uh, I can go where they probably aren't going to be able to make it or it would be very, very secluded area where they would, wouldn't be in packs and numbers would just be like one or two here and there, you know, that would probably be my best, my best bet. And I, I, I think about this all the time, you know, it's like I got to find a place where there's, you know, fishing the next, kind of close by, you know, for, for food and stuff and shelter and stuff, you know, so okay. definitely, definitely knowledgeable of, of areas.
3: Okay. So your local knowledge, if, if society were to break down, not only would you be able to pick a place where you think there'd be few zombies, but you'd be able to live off the land and, and survive out there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And side question is this doesn't count towards the seven which is the more fearsome zombie, the zombie in like world war Z or the zombie in like the walking
2: dead. I haven't, I don't think I've seen, or it's been a long time since I've seen the world war Z one. Cause there's been so many zombie movies. That's the right. one where like jumping and climbing and stuff. Huh? That's
3: right. They are fast.
2: Yeah. Those ones would suck.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I agree. Totally agree. Yeah. All right. Question. Question number three, would you rather always live 10 miles from where you were born? Or never be able to settle down in one place for more than a year?
2: Well, I was born up in Kirkland and I really don't like the traffic up there. So (laughs) I'd probably have to go with the the second uh, answer on that one, even though I've been in the same spot for 34 years, but.
3: Okay. So this, this would be a big change for you then. I mean, you'd have to move around year after year.
2: Yeah. But. I would like the options of, of being able to move where I wanted to then be stuck in the city.
3: <laughs> okay. Fair point. That would allow you to, to move to uh, you know, different outdoor places where you could experience those adventures as well. Exactly. Okay. All right. Question number four is cereal a soup.
2: I was just watching it, uh, listening to a radio show about this the other day, and, and it was quite the debate. I was thinking about it, and I'm going to have to say, yeah, it is a soup. Explain your answer. Soup is a liquid with substances in it, and that's what cereal is, is a liquid with substances in it. The only thing that makes cereal a cereal is is the grain, the, the whole wheats and stuff. That's that's what cereal is. That's why they cereal bars. So when you put liquid with it, it's soup. Like you put hamburger or chicken in soup. It's not chicken. It's not hamburger. It's soup.
3: Very well explained. I, I, I am fascinated about how well prepared you are for, for these types of questions. I mean, you're throwing out <laughs> alternate questions that I, that I could probably use in a future podcast episode. Uh, you are dialed in on this. <laughs>
2: I, I, I have a lot of alone time at work, so uh I, I come up with a lot of scenarios and <laughs> a lot to think about. Okay. Exactly.
3: All right. Question number five. Clowns, funny or scary?
2: It's whatever. I mean anything could be scary when you put a knife or a gun or a chainsaw or something in it, you know, but for the most part, they're just annoying. <laughs>
3: So, maybe there's a third option funny, scary, or annoying. You would say, you would say annoying. Yeah. Okay. I mean,
2: it's rare that you find a clown that like makes you chuckle. You know, I think it's more of a kid thing, not an adult thing. But I mean, when I was a kid, they were funny, but now it's just like they're just annoying.
3: You know, I think there's a significant segment of the population that uh, is freaked out by clowns. Remember, yeah, well, that, we like, uh, three, four years ago, we had the, you know, clowns showing up on the side of the road, standing in the bushes, and people were just <laughs> losing their minds on this.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the dolls, you know. It's a doll is a doll, but when you put a story behind it, you know, they get a little creepy. Same same thing with, like, uh, you know, sheets like ghosts, you know.
3: <laughs> so, maybe it's the clowns when they're, I mean, clowns at a circus. You you expect to see them there, right? Clowns at a yeah. fair clowns at a yeah. party but yeah. when you see when you see clowns out of context when they're they're when they're in places that you, you're like okay they shouldn't be here
2: that, yeah, that just kind of
3: makes it weird
2: it, it does make it weird it makes it a little creepy at that point yeah
3: okay all right hey jeremy question number six is it ever acceptable to eat pizza with a fork and a
2: knife no no, no, it's not. I bought, I bought, <laughs> that's actually one of my big pet peeves when people eat pizza with a fork.
3: <laughs> that was a very definitive answer. No waffling on that one. You
2: no, know, you fold it like a taco and eat it like a man, you know, it's, it's just fork. It's just, I don't know. It's just, you're trying to be too ritzy or something. <laughs> it's a finger food. Okay. And our last question here, should the person
3: in the middle seat of an airplane get
2: both armrests um i think it depends how big a person is like if you were to like like if i was to go on a plane with my daughters you know of course i'd take the middle seat and yeah i would get both armrests because it's a dominance thing
3: (laughs) (laughs) so if the person is going to exert his or her dominance they should get both
2: armrests yeah i mean there's also respect like uh I think you'd have to come and kind of come up with a common rule. Like, you know, if you're on the left side, you get the left armrest. If you're in the middle, you get the, the armrest to your left. If you're on the, the outside, you know, you get the outside armrest. I I, I I don't know. It probably depends on who you're sitting next to, honestly.
3: Yeah. I mean, it, it presents a, a problem because in a row of three, you have four armrests. Yeah. Right. So who gets the extra armrest? I would, I would argue that the person next to the window, I mean, they get the view. That, that's a plus right there. The person on yeah. the aisle, I mean, they get easy access to, to go to the bathroom or get up and stretch yeah. or whatever they want to do. The poor yeah. sucker in the middle. I mean, there's not much benefit to sitting in the middle, especially if you're sitting between two strangers. So I would yeah. argue that the the benefit of the person in the middle, that person should get both armrests.
2: Yeah, it probably, it probably comes out to be like that too. You know, like I am, I am a smaller guy, so my elbows are kind of tucked back anyway to where I can put them on both armrests and there's plenty of room in front, so. Could probably yeah. share.
3: Them. <laughs> now, Jeremy, how would your friends score you on a on a on a scale of from 1 to 100 in terms of uh sanity?
2: Probably 75. 75. Yeah. That's you're mostly sane. Too. Yeah. You're not you're not uh, too I, out there, huh? No, I I keep I keep a level head, you know. It's okay.
3: <laughs> All right. And let me do some uh tabulating here. It's just a quick math. I got to carry the 4. Gonna divide by pi. I've got to multiply by the uh, the root of five here, and I've got to adjust for the height of Mount Rainier. And a solid score of eighty-eight. That's one of our higher scores. Well done, sir.
2: <laughs> Thanks.
3: That that, that score defense. is subject to change throughout the uh, the, the episode here. So <laughs> if You get crazy on I me, mean, you may lose some points.
2: All right, I'll tr- I'll try to not to talk too much then.
3: No, 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 no. That's <laughs> this is the podcast. You have to talk. So let's uh let's get back to talking. Before we get too far down the trail, let's back up a little bit. Let's hear about your background. Where'd you grow up? What kinds of sports and hobbies you played uh as a kid growing up and how you got involved in the outdoor adventure cult?
2: Um, I grew up in Bend, Oregon. That's where I am now. Um I was born up in Kirkland, but that was only for a few months. Then um, my parents forcibly moved me down here.
3: They forcibly moved you when you were just a few months old? Yep. They didn't you didn't you didn't have a say in the matter.
2: I didn't. They just picked me up and took me and that was that. But uh, been in Bend my entire life. Uh, I wrestled since I was four years old until I graduated high school. Well, got a concussion my senior year at districts or the week before districts. But I wrestled for uh, 15 years, um, raced bicycles for like 12 years, raced BMX bikes, you know, um, played baseball. And then when I graduated high school, uh, occasionally I'd go on some hikes here and there, you know, just to get out and get some fresh air and stuff. And then my, me and my brother, we really got into fishing. We had fish like every day because we're right next to the river down here in Bend. It's a five-minute walk. You know, I got some prime fishing spots right there. And 20-minute drive up the road, you know, there's 100 lakes around here and dozens of creeks and and few rivers, you know, all within a half-hour drive. And then uh, I was watching a show called Hog Quest and it's salmon and steelhead fishing. And he said he was down there on the North Umqua River somewhere. And I was trying to find a spot on Google Earth and find out where you still had fishing. Cause I was just going to go, go there and take a fishing spot, you know, and go catch some steelhead and whatnot. And me and my brother, we'd drive down there. It's like a three hour drive and we'd go down there every couple weekends, you know, go down there for the day. And just randomly we saw a sign, you know, it said Watson falls, you know, day use area, whatever. So we stopped to see what it was about. And that was probably about when I started really getting into the waterfall chasing it was probably about when I was 26, 27 watson falls that's when it all started stood underneath that waterfall you know and just the the magnitude of it you know it it, it spoke volumes and it was just a sight to see you know i I, i've seen some of the roadside waterfalls like sahaley falls which is in homeward bound you know and it's just a quick pit stop to go to the bathroom and see the waterfall and go on and after that you know you start noticing more signs for day use areas Mm -hmm. for waterfalls and stop by to see what those are about and just kind of took off from there and then uh Last couple years or so I I started researching other waterfalls that people didn't know about. Um like finding blog sites and stuff, you know, about hidden waterfalls in Oregon and going from there. And next thing you know, I've got over five thousand waterfalls saved in my Google Maps um to go visit in the Pacific Northwest. You know, there's over 400 in Idaho, there's over 2,000 in, in Oregon, and there's over 3,500 in Washington. And in Oregon alone, you know, there's only 250 waterfalls, maybe 300 that actually have a trail to them. So over 1,700 of them, you know, there's no trails to them. And when I chased my first one, it was it was fun. Um, just crossing logs and creeks and bushwhacking and stuff, you know, knowing that you you've been only one of a handful of people that have ever seen that waterfall um then I started thinking you know I was like I'm going to too too cool of places to not like really document it and that's when I got my first camera and I started revisiting all these waterfalls to get some good camera pictures and I think my skills outgrew the camera that I was using and stuff and it was just older technology and that's when I just recently got a new camera and it really took my photography to the next level and stuff and now I'm I'm really really wanting to chase those waterfalls. I set a, a pretty high goal this year of 250 waterfalls, but I always set my goals over my expectations, you know, because uh if I if I if if I set my goal at like 50 waterfalls for a year, like I've already done 60 this year, you know, it's I could just be like, oh I'm just gonna take it easy now. But you know, it's something to strive for is to try to meet the goal, even though it's unrealistic, you know, but that's that's my mindset.
3: Right. That'll keep you pushing. You don't want to, you yeah. don't want to rest on your laurels there. So you mentioned yeah. 5,000, 5, waterfalls that you've got mapped out that you would like to visit eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have them sp- set up in maybe some kind of spreadsheet or some kind of order so that uh, you're able to kind of uh, attack them geographically by region?
2: Next weekend, not, not this weekend coming up at the fall one, you know, it's, I, I got the weekend off, no kids, you know, so I'll just, zoom in on my map and just find it like a nice little cluster of five to 10 waterfalls and i'll just hit it for the day and see what i can get done you know it's some of it's pretty uh pretty gnarly terrain and stuff you know you never know when you're going to come up and just get cliffed out you know where you can't get up or down the cliff or whatever it is and then you just go on to the next one and document like you know different way to get down there and do a little bit more research to just get to that one waterfall um, it's happened a couple of times where, you know, you show up and the, the creeks just dry. Like my last post I did on, on Instagram and it was completely dry. And then I would took the kids for a day trip down there and stopped by cause we were in the vicinity and it was flowing really good. And I whipped out my drone and, uh, discovered a few more waterfalls above it that haven't been documented yet. So that was pretty cool.
3: Okay. Now, what are you, what are you doing to pay the bills to finance uh, your adventures out there?
2: I, I I work for a, a Pepsi distributor. I, I fill up vending machines. Oh, so I have, that should have been a question: Pepsi or Coke? <laughs> Pepsi,
3: Pepsi all the way, huh?
2: Yeah, there's there's more uh, Pepsi products than there is Coke products. You know, there's more variety. You don't you don't get stuck with the same six flavors or whatever. You know, you got thirty different ones. The man knows his Pepsi.
3: <laughs> all right, hey, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna hear about uh, some more about these waterfalls and other. Adventures and misadventures out there with Jeremy, so stay tuned for that. We'll be right
1: back. From the back country to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water. Using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young.
3: and welcome back we're talking to jeremy walker who's been out there chasing waterfalls I, I, that might be the, the title of this episode chasing waterfalls with with jeremy walker that's perfect
2: yeah i, I don't like tlc telling me what to do
3: <laughs> <laughs> nice nice all right now when you're out there are you, are you going solo or you go with, with a friend or friends how does it usually work for you
2: um most of the time I, i'm out there solo you know uh sometimes I could get a friend to tag along a lot of hikes have been pretty brutal and stuff you know where it's hard to get somebody to come back for a second time you know once once they go through an adventure with me you know they kind of no I'm not doing that again kind of a thing and <laughs> it's hard to build back the trust and stuff when when uh, that happens um
3: now what kind of adventures are you taking them on if they're saying no one and done that's it I'm not going back out there with you you're taking them on some pretty sketchy hikes out there
2: yeah, there was one, uh, just outside sisters, Oregon, it's called Cush falls. And beyond that, you know, there's about 15 other waterfalls that there's no trail to them or anything. And it was the first time I went to them and I took my friend and his wife with me. And, uh, <laughs> he, uh, asked me how long of a hike it was. Well, birds eye, you know, from the parking lot to the, the furthest waterfall is only three miles as the crow flies, you know, and, uh, we started hiking, you know, it's the first two miles of it is trail. And then after that, you know, you got to cross a creek. And then it was a, a big hill. Like it was a solid 45 degree incline, loose rock. You know, you're, you're reaching up and you're trying to grab bushes and trees, you know, just to grab something to pull yourself up on. And, and uh, that was probably a good seven, 800 foot hill of steep you know incline and super loose rock and stuff and once we got to the top it opened up but there was no creeks or anything that I had thought were going to be there so we just kept walking along and my my friend's wife she I, I we could tell she was getting pretty frustrated with the lack of scenery um she just powered like 100 yards ahead of us and she just stayed up there the whole time and finally after a couple extra miles of uh hiking that we we weren't really planning on doing you know we we saw the glimpse of the waterfall and her her attitude changed a little bit because it's one of the the better waterfalls i think in 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 oregon um you got the three sisters uh that overshadow it you know they just overlook it and just a gorgeous scenery and stuff you know a fire went through there not too long ago and kind of wiped out all the the trees and stuff so it's kind of ugly for for that part too but it really opens up the beauty of the mountains and with it and all the other hidden waterfalls that were in the area, you know, kind of one of those win, win, lose situation things. Right. Now,
3: have you ever been involved in any sketchy situations? Uh, you know, maybe moments where you're, you're out there and you're wondering, what have I gotten myself into here?
2: Sometimes you, you start going down a hill or something, you know, and you got to think like, how am I going to get back up this hill? It's easy going down, but coming back up a whole different story, you know, and you kind of start, you got to keep yourself calm because if you start freaking out, you, you're not going to be able to make it back out. Then there's a, uh, you know, a time where uh, I took my friend to some uh, off trail waterfalls and stuff. And she, she tapped out after the third waterfall and there's four on this Creek that we we're going to. And I really wanted to see the last one. And uh, after a big hill that we climbed up. I could see it off in a distance and she wasn't feeling it anymore. So she sat down and I continued on, you know, it was a, another half a mile or so. And uh, I was scooting along the side of this hill and uh, I stepped over a, a big log and the log gave way and started rolling up on my leg. And I slid down with the log about 10 feet. Luckily I was able to keep shuffling my feet. So my foot didn't get stuck or else that log probably would have snapped my leg and, that would have been a quite the event, you know, of trying to get rescued out of that situation. But luckily, I haven't been in too sketchy of places. I'm a chicken when it comes to heights, so uh, I don't like to stand on the edge of things. So I, I tend to stay back and just let my drone do the work, you know. And yeah,
3: yeah. There's always signs. Let's say, for example, at Yosemite, Yosemite Falls. There's always signs in the the river above in the pools above yosemite falls don't don't uh don't go swimming don't swim here this is dangerous people die here and yeah. people they're always looking for that extra view they're they're trying to get to the to the very edge or they're swimming uh to see see what it's like in there and inevitably you know we we lose somebody uh, it seems like at least one or two a year people go over the falls
2: yeah i, I don't i don't want to be with some reason you know my kids don't have a dad, especially when I'm by myself, you know, I, I, I try to use a lot of my common sense, like, okay, you know, maybe not this time. I'll definitely be back, you know, for, for a different time, you know, and no different ways about to come about the area. You know, I, I, I try to study geographically, like the areas I'm going just so I know like certain paths I can and cannot take. So I, I feel like I'm pretty prepared when it comes to that. But when you get there, you know, it's always different than on a computer screen or your phone or whatever, you know, shows and you kind of just wing it after that, you know, you, you can see like, okay, maybe I can put in an extra half mile hiking, but this way is a lot safer than just the direct route to it.
3: Right. What, what kind of self-service do you get out there? Or is there no cell service
2: It's hit or miss. You know, most time it's, it, there's no cell service um, I use a Onyx hunt map, like the GPS thing. Um, you can save coordinates in there and, and, uh, it tells you like your closest trailheads or your closest trails tells you like the closest roads and all that stuff. But, uh, the cool feature about that is like, um, say like Tumlo falls 15 minutes from my house and there's about 15 waterfalls in that area. There's no service there at all. Um, but I can download a five mile square map of that area so when i'm in that area i have a working map like it's gps and stuff but it's on my phone with saved er- everything you know and it shows me the trails how close the trails are it's a it's a really good useful app to have actually if you're if you're out hiking even what's if it, you're what's it called again it's onyx hunt o-n-x hunt okay
3: it
2: yeah has a few, I... what
3: Go ahead. It has a free version.
2: It has a free version and you pay like $30 for a year and it's worth every dime, you know, it's extra peace of mind. And it's, it tells like, if you're, if you're hiking on a trail, it has a trail like highlighted. So, you know, you're on the trail and it has like color coded areas like green, yellow, red. It tells you like if it's going to be easy or difficult or moderate or whatever that, you know, that part of the trail is. So, and it also tells you the distances it is to each like fork in the trail. Um So like uh last year I, I used it a lot to go to a a waterfall off of uh, a trailhead that's out by the three sisters and you have to take like four different trails to get there. So it was kind of nice to watch the, the progress of the hike. You know, it's like, Oh, it's a mile and a half till this fork and I need to take the left and then it's, two miles to this fork and I need to take a right, you know, kind of a thing. It's, it's just very useful and it's nice to watch. So you don't like always, you know, so you're not always thinking like how much longer till this trailhead and stuff, you know, it's, it's nice to have.
3: That's right. You know, the the answer to any question asked out there about how much further is always uh, oh, about a mile, mile and a half. So yeah. with, with, with Onyx Hunt, you you can actually know with precision if it's a mile, mile and a half or not.
2: Yeah. Exactly it's it's probably my favorite app that I have on my phone as far as like outdoor stuff goes.
3: Okay. Now what uh, what any any funny stories out there where you, you have encountered something unexpected or other people out there who have uh, ended up in predicaments?
2: Uh, not really. it's just a it's always funny when you go to like a touristy like place you know that you see on Instagram all the time and and everyone's getting that Instagram photo and you're just watching someone take the same picture 30 different times and they hand the phone back and, and they look at it and they're like, Oh, I don't like any of these. Can you take another one? Kind of a thing. You know, it's it's kind of comical in that, that sense, but for the most part, you know, there's, there's no one around where I go. It's, it's rare that I I run into somebody unless I'm like on a popular trail, you know, just taking Mm -hmm. the kids out and stuff.
3: Okay. Now of all the waterfalls you visited, are you able to maybe boil it down to a top five? What what are the top five just amazing sites out there that you've seen?
2: far as size, obviously Multnomah Falls, um, that's probably the best waterfall in Oregon, you know, but it is a tourist trap. Um, They've now made a, a permit system. There, where you have to pay a dollar to park, and you can only go during certain times and stuff. And it's super easy hike. It's just like right there in the parking lot. You know, it's a gorgeous waterfall. Um, scenery-wise, probably Cush Falls is a good one. Um, you you walk along the side of the Three Sisters for the most part. The mountains are just like right there in your face. Uh Watson Falls, you know, is a spectacular one. That's probably a top five Oregon waterfall that's about a mile round trip hike. Um, as far as like other waterfalls, I I tend to not say like names of them because, uh, there's, there's no trails to them. Uh, I don't want to be responsible for, for someone getting lost or, or, or hurt, you know, trying to get that Instagram photo as people, you know, like to get and Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Also like, uh, they're not managed areas either. And I, I don't want somebody, being irresponsible and starting fires or something, you know, out there trashing a place that, that had no business to even have people there in the first place. Um, I, I've seen, I've seen firsthand like some trails around here, uh, around bend and stuff, you know, uh, where it gets out about the certain spot and people just trash it. And, uh, now there's permit systems all over the place, making it difficult for just for me, just to go out there like right now. I can't just go and enjoy a mile hike. You know, I have to have a permit, and I have to get it like weeks in advance. And I don't mind sharing waterfall names if there's trails and it's a managed area. But when when there's no no uh, trails, you know, I, I tend to steer clear of that unless I really know the person and their capabilities and their respect for for the outdoors and whatnot. You know, it's try to stay away from that. Um, so you you
3: inter, you interview the person a little bit before you give them the information, trying trying to find out how uh, capable they are and how how responsible.
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, it's, I, I can see, I can see like, uh, you know, their post or whatever on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, wherever I know them from, you know, and, and I can tell, you know, that they, they respect the areas and, and they respect like uh, all this, you know, the, the general rules of outdoors and they don't go blasting places all over the internet. There, there was a, a waterfall that was pretty, pretty hidden and, and low key, you know, and, and not very many people know about it like five, six years ago. But now it's like you. I could go there and spend all day and not see a single person, you know. And, and the last few times I've been there, you know, I, I've ran into a handful of people, and and it's just like they're starting to be trashy, like in the little parking yeah. area, and it's just it's kind of disappointing to see, and it's all because you know someone influenced people to go there, and it's like I I don't want to be considered an influencer, uh, like. Cause I, I don't want to influence people to go to certain spots. I, w- I want to inspire people to go find their own spots, you know, go out and, and, and check out the outdoors themselves, like do research, you know, go, go just browse Google earth, you know, and stuff like that and just go for it.
3: Okay. Now of all the waterfalls that you have not yet visited, is there one that sticks out as uh maybe your most anticipated that you, you just can't wait to go out there and see it, get to it.
2: Um, there's there's quite a bit of them. You know, it's uh there's one uh kind of by Detroit Reservoir that's down in a canyon, and it's quite the little trek to go down into. Uh, a lot of people get down there by rappelling and stuff, but I've talked to a couple guys where where they did some severe bushwhacking. So I know it's possible, and it, it's like one of those ones that I, I know is going to be a challenging all day thing. Just to see one waterfall, you know, it's stuff I, I, I look forward to as is, is, is a pushing the limits, you know, and, and my capabilities as far as terrain goes or distance and all that. There's a couple up in Washington I've been dying to go to, and one of them, you know, it's just off the side of one of the mountains out there, but you got to go up and over a couple other mountains, you know, it's like one of those waterfall hikes that will take probably take like three days just to get there, you know, camp and one that not very many people have ever photographed. That's, that's what I like, you know, it's, there's a, another Creek system up here in the in the sisters, and there's about 40 waterfalls all in like a five mile span. And I'm trying to work out a, a week where I can take a week off of work and go backpack and camp up there and really, really get at those waterfalls. Cause there's some, there's some gyms right there. Like I've only seen a couple of pictures of them and that was from one person, you know, and he, he's the one that kind of told me about it. And I, I've been dying to go do that, but that's definitely one that I'm not doing solo.
3: <laughs> now, Jeremy, what is it about waterfalls? I mean, what, what is it that really attracts you to, to the waterfalls?
2: I, I don't know. I, I think it's uh, they're different. Every time you go to them, like water flows are different. You know, you, you, you never know what you're, you're going to look at. I mean, you can get on, you know google and you could google oregon waterfalls and you can see most like the 250 300 waterfalls that have trails and stuff but after that you know it's just google earth and and word of mouth you know of what where a waterfall might be or is and stuff and don't really know what it looks like until you get there and stuff so it's always kind of a surprise um they're fun to photograph you know it's sometimes it's challenging if like daylight, you know, or, or sunsets and stuff. I, I just like the, the photographing aspect of it. And I, I don't know why they, they, they appeal to me. It's just, just the adventure, I think, and just being out outside, you know, it's something to look forward to looking at, you know, it's, if I was like, go walk to a mountain, you know, it's like, you see the mountain the whole time. And then after a while, you know, it's, to me, it's, it's just a mountain, you know, it's, <laughs> like if I was to ever go to the Grand Canyon, you know, it's like, I feel like if I got to the Grand Canyon, I'd look and be like, yeah, that's a, that's a big crack. Like that. that's cool. Here's a couple of pictures. And then it's like, now what?
3: <laughs> <laughs> be like Chevy chase in, uh, in vacation, huh?
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's just, I, I don't know why the waterfalls appeal to me. It's probably cause it's there's, there's so many of them that there's always one that you, you haven't seen. And and I think that's the thing, you know. It's like I could go hike the Three Sisters here, you know, and then it's like I've are, I've already hiked them, but that's like the, all there is to hike here, you know. It's just three mountains. It's the same thing over and over again. But waterfalls, you know, it's it's just different. There's just right. more
0: more to see.
3: Yeah. And people, I mean, you're going to find people out there who are passionate about all kinds of things. There, there are some people that I've talked to who swear by the grand Canyon, that it is just their, their yeah. life's passion. Other people, yeah. mountains, trails, trees. Yeah. Uh, and so, but I, I certainly understand the way you're explaining it. I, I certainly understand the appeal of, of the waterfall. And I think there's a saying out there. I think I used this quote for one of my episodes before about, uh, every time you go into the river, uh, it's a different experience because. Uh, at, at no, at, at every every single, I'm not doing this justice. But the, no, every time you go in, the the river is different and the person is different, so it's a, a new brand new experience every time, even though it's the same river.
2: Yeah, it's uh, I think I, I I quoted it not too long ago there on one go. of my Instagram posts. It was, uh, you could take the same trail twice, but never the same hike.
1: There you go. Yeah.
3: Yep. Nice. All right. Hey, what's what's next for Jeremy? What's what's the next thing on your radar?
2: Um, just more photographing, you know, and more, more drone videos. I'm starting to get into the drone stuff, you know, pretty good and hoping I could get into the FPV drones here soon and and do all the diving up and down waterfalls and stuff. And I'd I'd really like to work on like the, the video parts of, of my adventures. And I'm, I'm pretty shy. So it's like, that's why you haven't seen me talking like any of my, my reels on Instagram or any of my YouTube stuff. You know, there's just music over the top of it. Um, I'd like to not be so stage frighted, you know, and and where I can talk and describe places I'm going and I haven't gotten over that, that little bump yet, you know, and uh, I'd I'd like to start working with more brands, you know, uh, like a legit brand ambassador kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm in the mix of, of working with a couple of them right now, actually. Uh, One's a FICO flask, a water bottle company. Um, I'm waiting for a package to show up with a bunch of different water bottles, and so I'm gonna start uh, doing a lot of uh, content for their uh, Instagram page and there's a local company here called uh, B Go Energy Drinks and uh, I'm in the mix of, of talking with that guy about some kind of a ambassador program and hopefully I can start working with some bigger bigger uh, brands you know like Osprey or something you know and just it, does the drink
3: company know you work for Pepsi? Is that a conflict?
2: <laughs> Yeah, no, they know it's, uh, it's, it's his own little thing. You know, it's, he's a little family guy and he has, a uh, his, uh, energy drinks are like, uh, I can't remember some of the stores now that you said they're in, but a uh, market of choice. Um, he has them all, all across the, the Northwest, like, uh, Idaho, Washington, and Oregon, you know, he has them in about seven or different, seven or eight different chains of stores. And so, hopefully, he's starting to branch out more and stuff, and and whatnot. Okay.
3: All right. Hey, Jeremy, you know where we are?
2: Um, no. <laughs> the pro tip insight of the week.
3: That's right, half calf. It is time for the pro tip insight of the week. Jeremy's going to share some outdoor adventure wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. What do you have for us, Jeremy?
2: Uh, a couple things. Uh, first of all, um. When you're, when you're going somewhere, um, it's really, really wise to to tell, you know, a couple people where you're at, you know, with a kind of a somewhat of a detailed itinerary. You know, like for me, like if I'm going to a creek somewhere, like I, I drop coordinates of, of the spots I'll be looking at to somebody. Um, I say like, hey, it's only a two hour drive. You know, it's probably going to take me three hours walk there. See all of it. You know, I should be back, you know, by, say, 7 p.m. If, you, if I'm not back by 8 p.m., you know, something happened, kind of a thing. Um, I, I think that's why as far as safety, safety and like rescue purposes go, um really study areas too. Like it might be a popular area and you don't think you're gonna get lost, but stuff happens, you know. It's you should you should always study study up on areas like uh like landmarkers and stuff, or buttes and, and whatnot, I think uh, help a lot. So when when you are out there, you're like, okay, I remember that butte. I remember this butte, or you know, the, oh that looks familiar from Google Earth or whatever. You know, you're you're finding your information on, and it's definitely always have like GPS, like like the Onyx Hunt map. You know, uh, always have that going, like just extra peace of mind. Getting lost, you know, it's it's a common thing out here, Um, especially during the winter time. You know, people get disoriented and there's always search and rescue crews out looking for people and stuff and it's it's because they didn't give like detailed instructions of where they're going to be and when they're going to be you know it's all he was last seen at this trailhead you know but they didn't tell him where where he was headed he was hey i'm at the trailhead that's that
3: right right those are some great pro tips i think we got a couple of them there so thank you yeah so there you have it that's it this episode is just about in the books hope our listeners enjoyed our time with jeremy want to thank him for joining us this week jeremy how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures
2: um all my social media you know i got a facebook page now um my instagram page and my my tiktok is all uh j-w-a-l-k adventures all one word um jaywalk adventures uh i post content you know on couple times a week um on on instagram you know always posting photography stuff and and whatnot and tiktok i'm getting better at you know i I always forget to record videos but we're working on that part of it and my facebook page is just kind of the off branch of my instagram page and hopefully i can gain some uh, new followers and some new friends and whatnot and i I like chatting with people I, i like uh helping people out when they're like, Oh, you live in Oregon. Like I'm headed up to Oregon, you know, in the next couple of weeks, you know, you got any ideas. And I, the first thing I ask them is, well, what part of Oregon are you going on? You know, and they usually will tell me and I usually can about 15, 20 spots, you know, to go check out and, and uh, pretty, pretty helpful in that sense. You know, it's
1: nice.
3: Okay. Hey, remember yeah. to check out the pod on social media as well. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok." Also, and if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakingmirror at gmail.com. The Adventure Media Recommendation. Jeremy, I'm also looking to you to share a recommendation for a book, a movie, documentary, something out there that's going to help keep our listeners connected to outdoor adventures while they're on the inside. We're calling this our Adventure Media Recommendation. What do you have for us?
2: Oh, man. um I, I personally like just like the Nat Geo stuff you know uh like on like the Nat Geo channel and just like watching watching like the survival shows and, and some of like the discovery parts of it you know like finding like uh new places like uh, I was just watching on the Nat Geo channel uh, uh they're trying to find the, the deepest cave in the, in the world you know and and just watching that video of, of them orchestrating their, their plan of attack through this cave and stuff and and how they, how they did it all. It was pretty impressive and and, and knowledgeable too about like things that they're using and packing and, and, and safety stuff. You know, it's just, there's always something on national geographic that, that just catches my eye and just sucks me in and want to do something different too, you know, like,
3: absolutely, (laughs) Yeah. Any, any interest in doing any spelunking? Going underground and cave exploring?
2: I, I actually I actually go quite a bit. Um just like fifteen, twenty minutes from my house, you know, there's a cave system, about thirty different caves. And I always take my daughters and stuff because they love it. And it's just one of those things, it's it's hard to take good pictures in caves. Yeah. And I'm I'm still learning that part of the photography stuff. And so I, I really don't post a lot of that the the cave stuff, but I, I do I do go quite a bit, actually
3: man that that's a that's a different breed that goes into caves that that gets, i'm a little claustrophobic i don't know if i could take that
2: yeah some of those some of those squeezes that those guys were doing man i was just like man like one one wrong move like you're done like no one's coming to get you
3: <laughs> right
0: what have we not asked you
3: Okay. Our last segment before we wrap things up, I got one more for you called what have I not asked you that you're dying to tell us about what, do, what do we leave off of our interview tonight?
2: Oh man, that's putting me on the spot right there. I, 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 I can't really think of anything. I, I feel like we covered quite a bit of it. You know, it's a, uh, I, I really can't think of something. Okay.
3: <laughs> we must've must done a good job then. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. The trail is the trail. Embrace the sock.